slides or anything set up. It's mostly going to be just demoing what Vercel is, what it does, and all the features it provides. Um, to start off, just by a show of hands, how many of you have used Vercel before? Okay, wow, a lot more than I was expecting, actually. Um, so to start off, I work at Vercel. I'm a developer advocate, so I do stuff like this all the time, doing little demos. And Vercel, for those of you who aren't really familiar with it, the most basic feature it offers, and like arguably the most important, is it makes it really easy for front-end developers to get their code from their local machine up into the cloud and behind a URL with no configuration or work done on their end. So I'll demo how you do that really quick. First, this is the dashboard, and you log in just with your Git, or if you want to use an email, you can do that too. So you could be like Bitbucket. It could be Bitbucket, good. Uh, GitHub or GitLab. And once you're logged in, you can just say add new project. And you'll see all of your repositories here. You can switch to anything you log in with. I'm on my personal GitHub here. And you just import the one that you want to use and then click deploy. And just like that, it's going to take a few seconds, but it will deploy your website for you. And you really don't need to do any work. This one I just realized is probably going to fail because I'm using... I'm going to cancel it. I should have chosen a different repository. Um, let me go back and I'll redeploy a different one. Maybe, I guess this is a good one. Deploy. Now it'll take a few seconds and it'll deploy it for you. And by default, it's going to use some random Vercel generated URL. But you can always go in your dashboard and switch it to a custom URL if you'd like or custom domain. So hopefully this won't take too long so I can show you. A few more seconds. This is always the bad part, waiting for it. Okay, well, while that deploys, um, what's cool about Vercel is anytime you make a commit to main, this is gonna automatically redeploy for you, so it's not something you need to go in and redeploy yourself. All right, here we go. This is just like a little, tiny little project I started, kind of like an Airbnb. Um, but yeah, so now we're at this like Vercel generated URL. But again, as I mentioned, you can switch it to any domain you want. So like here I have one of my side projects. I think it's CinemaRex. And if I click it, you can see I put my own watchthis.dev domain in there. And like I said, anytime you make a change to main, this is automatically going to redeploy. So you don't need to worry about that. But what's even cooler is anytime you make a commit to a branch, it's going to deploy that branch to its own domain also. So if I go to my deployments, we have what we call a preview deployment. So here you can see it's a branch. And if I click it, rather than going to our uh, like main deployment, you have this preview deployment, which has a toolbar down here. So obviously for developers, it's easy to get feedback through GitHub. You can make issues, you can have discussions there. But for non-developers, it's hard to give your feedback. You need them to like screencast it or screenshot it for maybe the design team or investors to look at it. With preview deployments, we have this toolbar where anyone who has this link, or if they're on their team, you can choose who can see it. I have anyone who has a link, can come in and leave comments anywhere on the page. So let's say this button was broken. I can say button is broken. And you can even take a screenshot so they know exactly what button you're talking about. And send. Now we can go through and look at all the messages that have been left. You can leave replies to it. Oops. And then, once it's resolved, you can mark it as resolved. And it's just, it tightens that feedback loop. Um, so now let's say 
this branch is good. We want this branch to be in production. Of course, you could merge this branch into main and it will automatically redeploy to your deployment or production deployment. Or if you wanted to, we can go to three, these three dots and say promote to production. Promote. And it is going to promote this to production without having to merge the branch in. Maybe you want to do some testing and you don't want to merge it in yet. You can do that and it's just going to build and do that for you. Now, obviously, sometimes, unfortunately, you're going to push something to production that slows it down or breaks it or maybe introduces a, bu a bug, and you want your users to experience that for as little time as possible. So Vercel implemented this really cool feature called instant rollbacks. If I go back to our deployments, so let's say this one made our website super slow, and we don't want our users to experience that. I can go to a previous production, maybe let's say this one, click instant rollback, continue. And now instantly we have rolled back to this previous deployment. It doesn't need to rebuild or anything. So now we have all the time in the world to fix the bug and we can redeploy that branch. So it's just a really nifty tool that Vercel has. Also, if you go back to your dashboard, it's gonna be in yellow. This way you know like, oh, right, this is rolled back. We need to fix something here. Um, okay, moving on, I wanna talk about analytics. This is another awesome Vercel feature. Um, I'll actually go to a different project for this one. Maybe if I go to Vercel. Let's go to the Vercel site, click analytics. And here we have our core web vitals, which you're probably wondering why not just use Lighthouse. Well, this is very similar to Lighthouse, but it's using actual user data. So it's not just, you know, how it should perform, it's how it's actually performing. And you can look at all of your core web vitals. Sorry, my phone is not on sound. And then you can also look at audiences. So this tells you the visitors, the number of page views, where they're coming from, what browsers they're using, what devices they're using, and you just get all of this data. Um, and you have this for almost, Almost every framework can use analytics. Um, not every framework can use the core web vitals one, which is why I switched to Vercel because I was looking at a Svelte project. Um, but if I go back to my video demo team. And then the last thing I wanna talk about is Vercel automatically configures your applications to use server-side rendering or edge functions or ISR if you configure your application to use it. So for instance, in this CinemaRex project that I was kind of showing as a demo, if we go to it, um, this uses the OpenAI API and you can you know, click some categories and say must be on Netflix and have a cat in it. Curate my list and you can see, oh, I think I rolled back to a broken branch, oops. Okay, let me go to a different deployment. That's not great. Let's do this one. This one works. Instant rollback. This is a good example of how easy it is to roll back. Done. Okay. Now, if I go to it, their recommendations must be on Netflix. Curate my list. And now we see this coming in. And this project is using the edge. So with SvelteKit and many frameworks like Nuxt or Next, um, you can use edge functions, which are similar to serverless functions, but they're actually cheaper and faster. They run closer to the user. And by doing this, I can stream data. 
So you can see when it was coming in, instead of waiting for the entire response to be created and sent back to us, in which case we'd have to show a loading screen, we see the data come in as it's being created because we're streaming using edge functions, which is a, a feature that Vercel offers. And you can also use incremental static regeneration uh, and of course serverless functions. So that's for like Next.js, Nuxt, Vercel. Um, I think those are the main three. Now, I personally am not a Next.js developer, which is weird because Vercel created Next.js, but I'm actually a SvelteKit and Vue developer, so I don't know a whole ton about Next, but I do want to touch on some extra features that you get when you use Next with Vercel. Obviously, since we created Next, uh, they integrate better than any other frameworks together. So with Next, you also get really great image optimization using Next Image. I'm sure most of you, if you use Next, know what that is. And you also can have OG images created for you uh, for each of your individual pages, which is an awesome feature for Cell. Otherwise, that just about sums up the features Vercel provides. Uh, it supports every single framework. Obviously, though, it depends on what the framework, like how it can be configured to use Vercel. So for instance, SvelteKit, you can use Edge, Serverless, and ISR. Uh, if you're using plain old Svelte, though, you can't because it's not configured to do that. So yeah. That is Vercel. And then one other thing I want to talk about is our templates marketplace. That's not it. We have this awesome templates marketplace that a lot of people don't know about, and it has templates for just about every framework uh, and a lot of cool ones. So I know this is like a Bitcoin, so you guys are probably into Web3. Web so if you type Web3 in, you can see we've got some Web3 templates. Or if you're really into like AI right now, I know everyone is, we got some cool AI templates. Um, my friend and coworker Hassan made this dream room one and it totally went viral. Like GitHub retweeted him. He was getting hundreds of thousands of page views a day. It's like, dude, you got to monetize that. I don't know if you ever did, but yeah, we've got a lot of really cool templates. So I recommend if you want to pull it up now, you guys can instantly get started with the templates. So like for instance, maybe you want this image gallery starter. You can say deploy and automatically it's going to create this repo for you and I wonder if there's any, uh, so many, I'm not going <laughs> to get environment variables for this, but yeah, you can instantly deploy it and then just go to your GitHub, clone it, and you can go from there and create your own application. It's really cool. Yeah. So that was short. That's basically everything for cell related. If anyone has questions right now, you can feel free to ask. Yeah. Uh, I think so. On Probably, yeah. Honestly, I don't use cron jobs a ton. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, who told you have who told you we have Postgres integration? No, that is something I wouldn't be surprised if in the future we have that, but not right now. No. Yeah, we don't have data storage right now. Yeah. I love SvelteKit on Vercel. So we actually hired the guy who created SvelteKit, Rich Harris. So he works with Vercel really closely now. It's still open source. It's not like owned. SvelteKit's not owned by uh, Vercel. But SvelteKit is by far my favorite framework. I love it. It works so well with Vercel.
I would say Svelke can do everything Next can do. Um, the only drawback to Svelkit is that it's not widely adopted yet. So it doesn't have all the packages that you might have for Next.js. But on top of being able to do everything that Next can do, it's just way easier and a better developer experience. It feels like you're just writing vanilla JavaScript. It's like an HTML file. Have you tried it before? It's a yeah. It's a really yeah. Their uh, documentation is awesome. They have like a little tutorial. I have a spell kit course also. That's free if you guys want to check it out. Uh, it's on the for sale website. I think it's beginner spell kit. Yeah, if you guys want to go to beginner spell kit, that's my spell kit course. Um, yeah, spell kit is just it's such a powerful framework. It's actually a compiler also, so you're shipping just like. Such a small amount of code, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Spell kit, yeah. It looks like just your, I can open up a Svelte project. Let me see. Um, it's maybe a little more similar to Vue. Sorry, I have, here we go. Here's uh, the commerce template. So if you go into like a Svelkit page, oh, I don't know why my syntax highlighting is not working, but it looks like just an HTML file. You have your script with all your code, which is essentially just vanilla JavaScript. We do have some like this dollar sign is a Svelte thing, but for the most part, it acts just like vanilla JavaScript. If I were to say like, let test equal hey, you can automatically use this like down your HTML. You could just say test and it would say hey. Uh, it's really easy. It's like vanilla JavaScript and HTML file. Yeah, I, if you haven't tried it, I totally recommend it. I feel like most developers, once they test it out, they just like fall in love with Svelkit. So the dollar sign is for reactive variables. So anytime a reference variable changes, it's going to recompute it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're talking about like the mirrorless kind of edge function, like how you can bring in data. Mm -hmm. What does that actually? I can open up. I have so many windows open. Let me go ahead and open up. Watch this. And if I go into here, so down here we have this looks like your basic serverless route. Um, but we're calling OpenAI stream, and this is where we're actually streaming the data. And if I'm being completely honest, I don't 100% understand this. I totally use ChatGPT to help me write this. But yeah, this is what it looks like. You're just creating a readable stream. It's almost like opening a portal in a way, and it's just like coming in as it's being generated. I see, so you can kind of like from your live side. Yeah. So then in the actual page, if I go to it, I don't know why my syntax highlighting is not working. Um, <laughs> you don't? Oh, I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Where am I actually calling this? I think it's down here. Yeah, here. We're fetching from our serverless route, and then in the serverless route, are we're. Fetch or are you 
So Svelkit has um, its own version of fetch. It's not the native fetch. It's a, but yeah, I'm using fetch. I think so. I'm not a Next developer, so, but yeah, I would think so. Okay. I haven't. Supposed to help with uh, hydrating, keeping your front page hydrated with data. Okay. Constantly checking if data is stale, but it's caching it too. So like, does all this great. Stuff. Yeah, Next has a lot of cache stuff. I just—it's so crazy. I've worked at Vercel for over a year now, and I just started learning Next like a month or two ago. So yeah, I'm still very new to that, but I like Next also. It's a great framework. In Next.js? Yeah. Well, in, in uh, on Vercel. Okay, yeah. Uh, any other questions? Another question I wanted to ask someone. Do you have any back-end database that you would prefer to use? Oh, I thought you meant, like, does Vercel have one? I was like, no. Um, I am kind of database agnostic. I just test all of them out. Uh, I like MongoDB, honestly. I just feel like that's a classic. There's, have you heard of Neon? I just used it for the first time. I really liked Neon also. Um, uh, honestly, I don't know. I'm not, I don't use databases a ton because I'm very front end, but I can, let me pull it up. Yeah. Wait, that's not it. Here we go. Yeah, I actually, I've only used it once, but it was pretty cool. Uh, one of my coworkers like swears by Neon, so. Uh, I was surprised to find recently that, like, I know you all have stored data, but I was able to deploy like a class server recently, like a simple class server. And I was surprised. Normally, like, even though it's really easy to make a class server, I'll have to go through like Roku uh -huh. or AWS. Yeah. Um, is is there any other kind of server side, not necessarily DB, but like server side stuff that you all do? Uh, I don't think so. No. At least not that I know of. I actually don't. Is that an? Wait, can you say it again? Can you ask that again? I actually don't know what that is. No, no, you're probably, there's a lot that I feel like I 
still don't know about Vercel, especially because I'm a Svelte developer. And there are a lot of, until recently, there were a lot of features that didn't work with Svelkit. So I do feel like I'm kind of learning more about Vercel. So I'm sure you're right. I just honestly don't know about it. Yeah. Maybe if I go in here, we can, what? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I'm trying, I want to look into it too. Seriously. I want to say I have never ran into like a limit, so I don't think there's a limit. Yeah, well, we recently changed our pricing plan, but basically use a free tier. Um, I don't even know if it's based on traffic. I totally don't know our new, we changed pricing plan like a month ago, but basically you just get more features as you go to pro. So I do think that if you reach a certain amount of page visits, um, it'll either take your site offline until you upgrade or, yeah, I'm actually not sure. But I think it would notify you that like, like in 24 hours, we're going to take this offline unless you upgrade to pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you know how much of the sites in your platform on I'm sure we have that somewhere. I don't have that data like available to me, but I think we probably have more free tier, but then we have some really big clients that are like on enterprise level. But we do, I think the majority of our users are like personal developers, not necessarily enterprises. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So this one team is pro and then one above pro is enterprise, which is like Walmart or someone like that. Um, I think Walmart uses us. Uh, we have Kid Super. They're a really cool like fashion brand in New York. <laughs> um, who else? I kind of forget all of our clients all of a sudden. We've got some cool ones. I think Pinterest uses us, I want to say. I actually don't think they are. I should get Katie on that, yeah. That's a good question. I've never asked her. If she's not using Vercel, I'll be upset. <laughs> the one in Miami? Oh no, that's React. Um, wait, we host the Nextcom. Are you talking about Nextcom? Yeah, uh, we host that. I actually did a demo at it, the one we just had in San Francisco. Yeah, so Vercel owns Next.js, so all the Next stuff is Vercel hosted, like the events and stuff. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. so, well, we had our first physical one this year because of COVID. We haven't been able previously to, and this year it was actually invite only, unless I think we had like 100 tickets or something, 
and it was first come first serve but otherwise it was invite only so it's kind of hard to go in person unless you're like one of our bigger clients that's why it's all virtual but i'm not sure this year it might be different that was our first in-person one so we kept it at 500 people um this year if we do more maybe more people could get tickets if you're not uh enterprise <laughs> Good one. That actually is true. We're already planning. Like, really? Can you share with the group? Oh, yeah, Uber. I forgot. Oh, nice. Are these Vercel or are they just ne people who are using Next? Oh, nice. Okay. Barstool. That's cool. Uh, do you have any, I guess, very general question, but any insights from like being a developer advocate? I know part of the time is probably trying to get people that are already developers into Spell, mm -hmm. but there's also like people that are learning how to code for the first time. What have, what have you found that you? uh twitter is one i think i make a lot of youtube videos and courses and it's always twitter where like people actually look at it um i like making well i make youtube videos and that seems to help mostly beginners i've noticed the people consuming my video content are typically like people just entering the development field otherwise the more advanced people just go to blog posts so i write blog posts also i mean yeah, I would much rather read information than watch it personally. And I think, yeah, but mostly YouTube videos and blog posts. I think so, like the people that are experienced, they just want to see the raw. Yeah, they're like, let me scroll to the part that I actually need to know. And then the beginners are like, I want to hear everything and see the examples and work along with you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I actually, well, I don't even, what do you even pay for for sell? Like the edge functions? Edge functions, if they're free to a point, I think. Um, yeah, it, it honestly just depends on volume, how many people are visiting your site. So most people are never going to pay anything, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there have there have been some instances where something goes viral and the person like doesn't realize like it's you're gonna get charged eventually and they rack up like a three thousand dollar charge because they're not checking their emails we do alert like as it goes and then they're like what the fuck i wasn't expecting this i can't pay three thousand dollars and Vercel's pretty good about like giving them as much money as possible back but they're like we were sending you emails about this <laughs> Yeah, you do have to be careful with edge functions. So we did have that originally, but then people were getting pissed off that their website was going offline. So it's like, do we take them offline and they get pissed off about that? Or do we send this them this giant bill and they get pissed off about that? Just start non-profit. 
Uh, I actually, I'm not sure. I think it will just start denying traffic or I don't think you'll ever get charged on the free tier, but it will. I think so. Yeah. And then it'll probably send you an email saying, Hey, you should upgrade to pro. Yeah. I should study that. <laughs> I will say this is like the first time people ask me about pricing. I don't know why people never ask about that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and I'm just like, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me.